Well, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. What was, that's what... They're happening. They work hard. They play hard. They, they play hard. They work hard. They look good. They feel they, good. That, yeah. It could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 258, it is January 27th, 2021, it's Royal Rumble week, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to discuss. And as always, so many things we can't talk about, right here, we're back baby, the first and only podcast. That's right, so, uh, it's Royal Rumble week, Uh, WWE's going to announce the... 30th entrant on WWE backstage because why, why should we have surprises anymore? Oh, is that like something something uh, people look forward to every year? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do we have, is, that, is that something like that fans of, uh, of professional wrestling like is to wait and see who's going to come out at each number? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Well, Weird. we still have three through 29. They're announcing one, two, and 30. I just... <laughs> I, I just don't see the point unless like I like announcing one and two, who cares? Cause like they're going to come out first anyway. So it's not like that's, there's no suspense in that. I'm fine with that. I just, I don't, I don't get announcing who's going to be out at number 30. It's bizarre. Uh, Edge is coming back. <laughs> why, yeah. why they announced that? I don't know. Do you think he was going to be a surprise? And then they felt like, we have no buzz on this show, so we're just going to have him announce that he's coming back six days early. Um, it's giving them a lot of credit for thinking and planning. And <laughs> I don't think, at least on the creative side, they're very good at either of those things. Um, on the financial side, hey, this is a big week for them. They hired, They hired the guy who negotiated their TV deals for them with Fox and NBC Universal to be the company president. And it's paying dividends. He just found them $200 more million a year by selling the WWE Network, by renting the WWE Network to Peacock for five years. Yeah, so they're, uh, they're, they're done having to, to try it all ever again, forever. <laughs> If they weren't already after the the Fox and USA deals, man, they really don't have to talk now. They really don't have to try now. Yeah, so at least for the next five years, um, they are all about content, baby. They just pump it out, and it doesn't matter if it's any good or not. I mean, that is generally the best thing that I think any entertainment property can hope to accomplish at this point is just be get yourself in a position where you can be one of a slew of things in some, you know, one of the larger corporation streaming services, because then all you got to do is churn stuff out. doesn't matter if it's good. just matters that you're churning out new stuff. That's, that's right. Which that's is right. great news for them. It's really good news for them. Um, an interesting 
thing that comes out of that. So NBC Universal is in, you know, for the next five years, they're in for almost $2 billion to WWE. And WWE and UFC are not the same thing, but they're like the closest comparables <laughs> that there are in the sports slash entertainment category. And UFC sold for $4 billion a few years ago. So if you're NBC Universal, why don't you just buy WWE? Are, are they for sale? I, I think the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, taught us many years ago, everyone has a price. That's, that's true. That's one of the, the true facts that we've learned from wrestling. But my, my thought is just like, Everything Vince McMahon has done from the, the movie studios to, you know, tout all these random stuff that he's done over the last decade or so, it screams to me, bored rich guy. Sure. <laughs> like, his heart's certainly not in wrestling and hasn't been <laughs> for, for years. Like, he, so he's just kind of like, what do you do when you have all this money that, you know, and you're, part, and you're the figurehead of a large corporation? I'll throw some into this. We'll throw some into that. We'll develop our own, you know, that's why they were doing like sketch comedies and stuff. Like, it's like, it's just, that's just like what you do when you have all this money. So like, yeah, maybe he would take a buyout if it was enough money, but then it's like, what is, what does he do? Does he just start another? I mean, he has alpha entertainment, but now that the XFL is gone, like what is, what does Vince have for himself? If he sells WWE? Well, they would probably keep him on, but then he's he would have to answer to people. And yeah, that's. I don't. I don't know. I just. I just think they should definitely buy it. Like, if you're in, if you're, it would pay for itself within, if not the first five years, the second five years. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, if you're spending two billion dollars on them, like, why not? <laughs> Like <laughs> you're spending two billion dollars to rent them, right? It's not the you know that's the uh, the lease versus buy argument. Uh, it only really makes sense. The leasing only makes sense if you're getting like lower payments, uh, and uh, if you're paying if you're paying them that much money anyway. Yeah, why not? Why not make an offer at least? It's interesting. I'm not really sure where the Disney wants to buy WWE um, rumors started, but. That's definitely a rumor that's been going around. And I don't know. It made sense in that, you know, Disney just launched this streaming service and they own everything else and they want to own everything, literally everything. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't they want to buy WWE? And the rumor was just kind of crazy enough that I was like, well, this has to be true because (laughs) it, it it makes so little sense that there has to be something to it. was my my thought on it but maybe now nbc universal is the company that everybody will talk about oh they should buy yeah like i said i think it's if like you said i think if they're if they're that deep into it and right you you just you need something in house that's going to be churning out content for year three you know 52 weeks a year um that you can do and you have this giant back catalog of stuff like yeah why not like there's a lot like I don't know that WWE has ever seen value in their back catalog, which is funny as because they've spent the last five five to ten years, maybe even longer, uh, almost exclusively monetizing their legends. 
yeah. and at the expense of maybe some of their current stars. But uh, for whatever reason, when it came to WWE Network, they never really seemed to really push like the tape library, the history angle. And I guess there was some data suggesting that the people signing up were signing up to watch new stuff and live stuff, not the old old shows. But it also it's it's one of those things where like, well, maybe if they had promoted the old stuff more, they would have the tape library would have had more value. So yeah, but I mean, just the sheer amount of hours of content that WWE owns and has produced and will continue to produce. It's like, yeah, somebody's gonna, somebody should and probably will make an offer on that within the next couple of years if they aren't too already. Sure. Well, that's all the business of pro wrestling, the actual pro wrestling itself. Eh, not real interesting. <laughs> <laughs> got randy orton being burnt to a crisp almost (laughs) i thought he was just in catering and he had like some jelly on his face that's that's possible a jam perhaps (laughs) the great equality fighter that he is he uh laid out alexa bliss on monday night raw this week like what is this building to the fiend (laughs) i hope it's building to alexa bliss versus randy orton i think that would be great that sounds like a money match like it's, it would be significantly more interesting to me than Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. So, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there was there was a report uh, this past week that um, they have nothing locked in for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> so why the hell not? <laughs> it's coming up pretty soon. You'd think maybe they'd have an idea what they wanted to do with their biggest show of the year coming up in two months but nah remember like the last few years where like we had an idea of what the main event was going to be like a year out i mean you would you would think just based on you know there's only so many main eventers but right and we're not really in the business of making new guys so like yeah i mean i think on the smackdown side assuming I mean, it's it's probably Daniel Bryan or John Cena at this point. I would think it's not. I don't think we're getting Dwayne in, yeah, for for the Roman match. And then yeah, for Drew, assuming Drew doesn't lose the belt to Bill Goldberg, which you know, fingers crossed, um, <laughs> fingers crossed, Bill pulls it out. But um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't. Th- I would have thought, okay, maybe they're going to build up Keith Lee for that spot, but then they just did Drew and Keith Lee on te- on television. Um, and did a clean finish with it. So I don't, uh, I don't know. They've been teasing like Seamus would be pretty funny. That'd be a funny WrestleMania opponent for Drew McIntyre. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's never won the Rumble. That's has right. He? Has he? Yeah, no, he has. He beat. He won it the year he beat Brian. Oh dear! Lord. Everyone thought Jericho was going to win it, and then they <sighs> had the swerve with Seamus won it instead. Oh, I said that without thinking. <laughs> yep. He's won one. Del Rio won one. Sure did. Uh, I want no Swagger didn't win one. Thank God. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura won one. He did. I and just then... rewatched that the other day. Actually, uh, pretty good Rumble. Kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ended up building his WrestleMania match and his feud with AJ Styles for the title around punching each other in the balls. Yes. Yes, they sure did. Um, yeah, and then he became a sneaky foreign heel. Um, <laughs> they were trying for half a second with him. I mean, they had him win the Rumble. He beat John Cena on TV. 
Well, he beat John Cena on TV the summer before when they were feuding him with Jinder. But, and then Jinder beat him twice. <laughs> Possibly because he dropped Cena on his head in that match. Yeah, is that the moment where Vince gave up on him? Possibly, but then they still, months later, had him come back and win the Rumble. and uh, see, But then AJ just beat him and beat him and beat him. And then he was, uh, like, I don't know, feuding with like Jeff Hardy after that or something. <laughs> sure. So, logical Rumble winners... I don't know, Edge. Uh, Daniel Bryan keeps talking about it on SmackDown. And the fact that he's one of the only guys talking about it, and he's been talking about it for like two months, tells mm-hmm. me that he's probably, I would think, the betting favorite. Yeah, I think that would, I mean, again, that, that I I think this is, I said this, I like to always talk about when I when I said something before and I'm saying it again. Mm. Uh, I uh, I said back in like September that Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns would have, would be my WrestleMania main event, assuming Dwayne wasn't coming back. Um, and I think that would still be the match to make. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would be great. I, I I only question it because they've also had him lose a lot on TV recently. Yes. Um, and there, and there's all these reports about him. Like he's like on the writing team now <laughs> and yes, wants to start, you know, taking a step back. And this is, you know, he, he's spoken openly in interviews about this being like his last run and all this stuff. So, I mean, again, that's still what I would do, but I could also see like him not wanting it and like wanting to wrestle like Cesaro for the intercontinental <laughs> title or something at WrestleMania. Sure. He's kind of a weird dude. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's Brian would be who I would, I would pick. Yeah. Brian and edge seem like logical. Uh, 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 where's a big brawn is brawn ready to come back. Not sure. Not sure what's going on with that guy. Yeah. Hope, uh, hope he transfers to hell. Um, just kidding. N- <laughs> nice fellow. I heard I heard his chronicle that they did on him last year was very good. I never watched it, but it it was excellent. He showed a thousand times more charisma than he does on their television. Huh. Weird. Weird how that <laughs> keeps happening. Yeah. With people. Um, yeah. yeah. Like it, they're, yeah, they're, this, this may be more, I feel like we've said this a lot the last few years, but yeah, this more than many other, other year, it's like, yeah, that guy could win. Edge could win it. I guess edge and drew would be an interesting match ish. <laughs> I mean, there are less interesting matches I could think of for both of those guys to have. Certainly. Um, you know, Edge coming back to win the belt. He never lost, even though it's not the same belt. Um, that's a story. <laughs> that's a story they could tell. I don't know. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like other than Brian doing like the one thing he's never done, winning the rumble and, and, you know, returning to the main event of WrestleMania to fight Roman Reigns. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of like great obvious stories to tell unless you have a, a Lesnar or a Goldberg or somebody or some, or Cena or somebody coming back as a surprise to win it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like there's an obvious direction for it. Yeah. One thing that I always keep in mind is that they, they do kind of treat it like, um, a lifetime achievement award sometimes. Like if you look at the list of rumble winners, I guess with the exception of Del Rio and Seamus, it's like <laughs> it's like it, it really is like 
a cream of the crop like all of the tippy top guys mm-hmm. have won it and you're not a tippy top guy if you've never won it so in that all, sense all the tippy top guys and john's and who and big john stud <laughs> i can't i still can't believe that <laughs> Somebody had to work that program with Andre on the B House Show tour, brother. I still can't believe that. You watching? We that? were heating up Big John Stud for his big baby face run with Andre. Vince saw that version of Big John Stud. He walked through the door looking like <laughs> looking like he was 12, 12 seconds from death. <laughs> and Vince is like, I'm still strapping the rocket to this guy. I mean, who are we gonna push, Roberts? Yeah, come on, man. It's Big John Studd's time. <laughs> 1989. The year of Big John Studd. <laughs> that that rubble is just absolutely fascinating in hindsight, but yeah. Really yeah. Anyway, back to 2021's yeah. rumble. An yeah. equally interesting and fascinating rumble. Yeah. So Edge has won one. Brian has never won one. So I think in that sense. It's it's probably Brian, but um, as far as surprises in the Rumble, Seth Rollins maybe. Yeah, didn't they announce him coming back to TV and then he just <laughs> never did? Yes, yes, that happened. <laughs> Do we think that's like COVID baby stuff? Just them changing their mind? Like, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I could not tell you. They literally write these shows, like. <laughs> They write Raw the Friday before, but they usually don't announce anything until Sunday. And then often, I mean, more than once in the last couple of months, like the show's not done by like seven o'clock on Monday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and SmackDown is pretty much never done before Friday afternoon. <laughs> so right. they, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I remember, and I guess that's not that new because I like I, Steve Austin always tells the story of, being like at home with a knee injury, like a month out from 13 and hearing and hearing on television and in a submission match, Steve Austin (laughs) wrestling Bret Hart. Yes. And him going, huh, I didn't, I didn't know that's what we were doing. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, sometimes the talent, I guess is the last to find out. And also he had zero submission holds, (laughs) right? (laughs) He was not a submission wrestler. He had the million dollar dream, although he had kind of stopped using it. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, Royal Rumble should be a show. What I found is that we talked about the 2021 Royal Rumble for about 8% of our 2021 Royal (laughs) Rumble preview and mostly talked about Big John Studd and Steve Austin and (laughs) Braun Strowman's Chronicle and, yeah. Seven years into the show. (laughs) (laughs) And we... Still, <laughs> we contain multitudes. We still can still surprise one another with the our inability to stay on topic. That's right. It's a free flowing discretion. I'll uh, I'll remind you and the listener. That's and, right. Uh, that that John Stud riff was was good stuff. That's some of the that's the best audio we've done this year. Without <laughs> question. Uh, yeah. So it's only our it's our second show of the year, and uh, <laughs> here in the last week of January because uh, New Japan. You know, I'm thinking, can you declare war on a promotion? Because I'd like to declare war on New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't want to well, start. Re- 
I would remind you that uh, that uh, Fale is is a, a veteran of the War of New Japan, as uh, Gino likes to remind <laughs> Kevin Kelly quite often. Best bit in wrestling. <laughs> Salute the war hero. What war was he in? The War of New Japan. <laughs> Kevin, you have no respect Gino. for our veterans. <laughs> He's so great. Um, Everybody else, Jesse Ventura, and he's genuinely taken a crack at being like a Heenan type, and he's good at it. <laughs> he's he's criminally underrated, um, and for some reason, we got Kevin Kelly and uh, El Fantasmo on commentary for, for New Japan's big show this this weekend. Um, no, don't mean that to denigrate Kevin Kelly in any way. Who? poor guy has been doing commentary by himself on this tour <laughs> for new japan but there's a million new japan shows between there's literally i forget the number it's pretty much a show it's 14 shows in 28 days in february and then like another 14 shows in the first 21 days of march just like they're trying to well. kill me they're just <laughs> they're they're trying to kill me and uh there's always one good match on the shows that mm-hmm. make you feel like you know maybe this is not a complete waste of time but dude nobody needs to be running this many shows for sure now is this going to be like are they going to be spacing out like it's going to be like one big main event on each show or is it going to be like a bunch of shows where it's like the same eight man tags with just like swapping guys in and out well once we get past like february 10th february february 10th or 11th or something they have two new beginning shows and then they go right into road to castle attack. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's two castle attack shows the last couple days of February. So it's there is one big show this weekend. There's two big shows in a couple weeks. There's two big shows at the end of February. Then in March, you have the anniversary show on like the fourth or whatever. And then you go right into new Japan cup. So that's the tournament. Um, so that'll be big matches, but there's a lot of filler. There's an awful lot of filler. Right. And like, that's fine. And it's one of those things where this is, it's a unique problem for you whose job it is to recap these things where I can message you the morning after a show and say, Hey, what should I watch? And you'll say, (laughs) watch this, this, this. And I'll go, okay, cool. And then I'm like, that was a great show. And you're like, there were eight (laughs) tag matches (laughs) with 50-year-old men <laughs> in them that you didn't watch that were all, like, two stars each. I mean, Ghetto and Giotto are wrestling oh. every every night of this tour, <laughs> pretty much. Um, the show this weekend has both Satoshi Kojima, God bless him, and, and Hiroyoshi Tenzan in singles matches. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? Like, are, I, I understand the problem is that their business model is stuck in 1972. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, this isn't an issue, like, because last year when a lot of the grandpas were getting singles matches, it was because like certain people couldn't get in the country. But like, are are they are is Japan like locked down again? Are they having trouble getting people in, or it's just like, well, we're just doing some stuff, so <laughs> so grandpas get singles matches. I mean. There is an element of you have to do a, two, a two-week quarantine when you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
as far as like who can't get in, well, it's like it's like Dragon Lee and <laughs> Bandito and John Moxley. Right. <laughs> the, the only ones that come to mind, really. I mean, um, they got Fantasmo over there. He's been over there for a month now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just they have to run shows to generate revenue um, because they don't have TV deals that pay them hundreds of millions of dollars to just churn out mediocrity. So It's just weird. to. I, I think it just shows how much wrestling has changed because... Like at least in the United States, because yeah, like when you hear that, it's like no, we have they have to run those shows because they predominantly make money off of like ticket sales and and merchandise and yeah, like how that's like that's that seems so far into me now. <laughs> it's archaic almost, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, New Japan uh, Tanahashi going for the Never Title. That'll be good with Shingo Takagi this weekend. So yeah, that's uh, gonna be fun. AEW. They're doing a Sunday night pay-per-view first week of March. Bastards. Uh, not not sure why exactly. They're still running in Jacksonville, Florida every week. I think Moxley and Omega has to be the title match on that show, but they, you know, with three months in between pay-per-view shows, they uh, they get a little they get a little bogged down sometimes. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Wednesday night programming? Uh, yeah. So I think. That's a bogged down is a pretty good term. I think when it all sh- comes together, it, it some of it will be good. Like I have generally really enjoyed the Hangman and Dark Order stuff. I think <laughs> that's fun because it's funny. Uh, it's very fun. Like jo- first of all, someone made the joke last last week when they did the bit where they asked him to join. He said no, and then the he said yes popped up. <laughs> And like a band came out, and like people are cheering, and they have to send them all to the back. First bit in any in any medium when they do that bit, it's great. <laughs> Second of all, someone joked is like this looks. If you just look at the stills, it looks like John Silver proposed to Adam Page. <laughs> um, and I I just I would like to know who do I need to talk to about just making that the actual storyline. <laughs> Because I genuinely think John Silver and Adam Page have tremendous romantic chemistry. <laughs> like, on, <laughs> they could be a great on-screen couple. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I think I'm not. I'm just saying that would not be the worst idea if they took it in that direction. Because I think John Silver and uh, and Adam Page would make a lovely, lovely couple. But uh, no, I I enjoy the that stuff. Um, and on principle, not I'm like we I we will talk about the impact stuff in a minute here, but like on principle, Moxley got cheated out of the belt. He's mad, and every time he tries to get it, Kenny Kenny's two big friends cut him off and beat him up. That's fine. Like that's a good simple story. Sure. But as you mentioned, we have three months from when Moxley was cheated out of the title to their next pay-per-view. So it's been like he was off TV for a while. Now he's back on TV. He's got times they're doing a six man uh, this week, which I'm sure will be good. But yeah, it, it does feel like, well, it's like, well, we gotta, we gotta kill time, kill time. And then with like two week, two or three weeks to go, then we'll start like piecing together what we were doing. But it's like, doesn't really feel like the Bucks have a direction as the tag champs. Doesn't feel like Cody really has a direction. We did get the announcement that there's going to be some kind of, we assume, cinematic thing with Sting and Darby Allen against Team Taz. 
Um, so there's, I guess there's sort of a direction formulating after like eight weeks of Sting just kind of coming out and standing around, <laughs> waving to the crowd and then walking to the back. Yes. <laughs> uh, they finally like put, you know, finally said, okay, now it's going to lead to a match, which is fine. Um, so yeah, like I, like I said, I think once they, once they, once they get close enough to the date that they feel it's time to start plugging these big shows, I guess, but I guess first they have these beach blast shows on dynamite or whatever they're called that are going to be, uh, that, that they'll do some big stuff on TV. And then when those are done, they'll start building for the pay-per-view. Hopefully that's, <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. So the interpromotional angle with impact, <sighs> I I still don't get it. I don't I, I don't other than it's Kenny helping out his friend Don or he wants to work with his friend Don. Yeah, I mean that's what 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 advantage is there? If there was like a great pl- if this was TNA in 2007 and you were getting AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle on your TV, that would obviously be something, but it's like who and I think they were talking about that. It's like, let's say Kenny wins the belt, their belt, and he's doing the belt collector thing. And then, you know, when it's time for him to lose it to an impact guy, who's their big, <laughs> big up and coming like benchmark star that's going to be the one to get the rub from beating Kenny? No idea. Right. And that's like, it's, it's Rich Swan and Eric Young and a lot of, and like a lot of, Tommy Dreamer, actually Tommy Dreamer and Kenny Omega sounds like it would be a fun match, honestly. <laughs> but um But he's gotta do uh, a job at the end of it, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, well, who who are we gonna when it finally comes time and you can you can have him slip on a banana peel or you can have Moxley or whoever he's shooting with in an AEW cost him the impact belt or whatever. But it's like is if if we do that and the big rub for for this all is oh Kenny puts over rich swan or ace austin or god bless them matt cardona or brian myers like what is like what is the uh what is what is what what yeah (laughs) impact impact got a one week bump in their twitch viewers and AEW gets don Callis and the good brothers on their tv show so I guess that's what? I guess that's what we're getting out of it. It's it's nice that people get to, it's like the Oceans movies. They weren't very good, but you know, everybody got to work with their friends and they had a good time and that's all that really matters. <laughs> I still don't understand this from the AEW side. Like I I under, I don't understand it from either side actually, but it's like, well, okay, if you're AEW, maybe you're sending these you get to send some green guys to go work somewhere else, but it's like, okay. So the guys that they've chosen so far are private party who like are far from the most green guys in AEW. (laughs) Right. And and even if you send them, like, are they going to really gain so much, you know, experience and uh, know how working, you know, one set of tapings. (laughs) It's like, Right. You're doing the same thing, just in a different location. Like, why don't you just make Dark a real show and instead of having 17 matches, 17 squash matches, why don't you have competitive matches between green guys and maybe they'll learn how to work? 
Yeah, I mean, like, instead of having, like, top flight, who seemed to have a lot of potential, but who looked very lost out there in their match with Matt Seidel the other week uh, on Dynamite, instead of them having to learn on live television, uh, yeah, maybe put them in, yeah, put them in, put them in tag matches on, uh, on Dynamite. That's, isn't that, that should theoretically be what, like, you know, the Frankie Kazarians and Chris Daniels and all these, these, some of these veteran guys you have signed, like that should be what they're there for, <laughs> I would think. And that should be what Dark is used for. But that's not currently what's, what Dark is used for, at least not all the time. And yeah, I don't know that sending them to Impact to, like, like you said, work one extra match a month or whatever uh, on, on Impact's uh, marathon tapings, I don't know that that's improving anybody all that much. Jim Ross, I thought, was going to uh, kill someone <laughs> at Dynamite last week. He was so disgusted with with everything that he was seeing <laughs> on Dynamite. Why is he still on commentary? It's a great question. Like, I don't. <laughs> We've talked. Like, we talked about this before. I'm sure he has some value to your. T- but also, like, you have the TV deal now. Are, like, are they afraid that if Jim Ross isn't on commentary every week, TNT is going to cancel them? <laughs> I don't think so. Because if not, I would slowly start phasing him out. <laughs> like, I would have been doing that for the last year. I would have been slowly phasing him out from show two. Like, but, but now, especially, it's like, all right, you, you make him the guest. You have him do, like, the best things I think he's done in, in AEW have been those, like, sit-down interviews. He did one with Omega that was good. By far. Uh, you know, like, that's, I think that's probably the best use. And if you want to have him introduce the shows every week and come out and, you know, do his big, you know, by God, it's, it's AEW and, and here's the show. And then he hands it off to, to, to Tony and Excalibur and Taz or whoever, if you demand there must be three commentators at all times <laughs> and and then you maybe yeah you bring him out to do a couple interviews throughout the show and then that's that's that would be the best use and let him be in a produce like let him produce the announcers if you think that's if you think he has a lot of knowledge like let's let him sit in the back on a headset and produce the current announcers like if that if you think he would be good at that i don't think he would be because i don't think he pays enough attention to anything to really <laughs> to really like be all that helpful but like there's got to be a role for him besides like every like being out there for every match because he's just not good like he's not good he doesn't sound like he's enjoying himself <laughs> and he acts for my enjoyment of the product so <laughs> that, and that's sort of the the most important thing for me is that uh, <laughs> he makes he's making the shows worse for me personally <laughs> and so i would like him gone <laughs> took your funny pills today <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right well this has been a trademark free-flowing conversation uh, is there anything else you want to talk about i think we've covered a lot i don't have anything big that yeah, i'd like I, to discuss no i guess my only one other note having watched the uh quote-unquote go home show for the royal rumble was that Boy, they sure did have a lot of people working like four times in one night. Yeah, I wonder why that would be. Yeah, like I don't, and like I hope like that that also makes maybe makes the rumble more interesting. Is 
who's in it or who's not in it could be really interesting. <laughs> Gonna have Dabakato in there. <laughs> yeah, let's get. <laughs> Well, well, they just had all. They just had their their show for the, the for the new TV deal in India. They could have some of those guys and and girls show up. Yep. For the intern and Michael Cole can tell us that it's an international flavor because we have <laughs> people from India and Ireland and Canada in the ring. Well, how and how are you gonna do the women's rumble if they are determined to keep the main roster and NXT people separate in case there's not a. Uh, in case there's a uh, uh, an outbreak, like you have to have like 15 NXT women in the Rumble to make a 30 30 woman Rumble, right? Yeah, like I I don't know I I guess maybe I don't watch NXT enough to know like who has or hasn't been on TV lately, but they've been doing like the women's Dusty Classic, so I think all of the regular women have been on TV. So it's not like they quarantine for the last two weeks so they could appear in the Rumble. I don't think, but. I don't know. I guess they'll just they'll just take their chances. <laughs> they will do that. Just hope. I just I just can't wait to see Ric Flair out there with sixty in, people there for the Rumble and in in the COVID dome. That's right. Rick's just a character now, by the way. Mm-hmm. They never let him talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a mime. <laughs> Ric Flair is mute now. <laughs> but he's uh, he's on TV. They. Just, you know, you're talking a little bit about this off the air, but in like 2006 or seven, Vince McMahon hired Greg Gagne to be a road agent. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Greg Greg Gagne hasn't been in wrestling in like 15 years. What's he? What is Greg Gagne going to teach? You know, right. Randy, Randy Orton about how to work. But anyway, and then I realized when he fired him like two months later, it was oh, Vince just hasn't screwed with the Gagne family in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted but- to hired Greg so he could fire him. <laughs> it's like why he hired Bill Watts in 97. Like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that, think, that may have been think, to screw with JR. Yeah, that might be it. Which, but, I mean, fair play. Sure, sure. But, uh, but you know, now Rick and, Rick and Charlotte are back doing their dysfunctional family bit on TV. And it's just like, I think Fizz just hasn't screwed with Rick in a while. (laughs) That's why Rick's on TV every week. Hasn't figured out a way to make Rick cry on TV or bring up his dead son or any of that fun stuff. Vince likes to do when Rick's around. Yeah, it's great. All right. Thanks everybody. Till next time. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. You know, it's 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 a day. It's, it, it's you know. <laughs> They keep coming. <laughs> Smash Mouth was right. Yeah, they they didn't lie that, and about all the ice melting. They read about that one too, as it turns out. What did they say about the ice melting?
Oh, uh, they talk about how there's like a hole in the ozone and then the water's getting warmer, so we might as well swim. <laughs> the world's on fire. Yeah, that's accurate, as it turns out. They were talking about climate change, you know. <laughs> Smart boys. That's right. You heard it here first. All right, 258. Are you ready? Let's do it. I would be remiss if I didn't say big week for birthdays. <laughs> That's right. I didn't know mine and uh, Sasha's were so close together. You got the legit boss, Sasha Banks, turned 29 this week. Becky Lynch's birthday is Saturday. Huh. And the great Liam Renner's birthday is Sunday. Just, just three stars of equal magnitude. <laughs> Have all of equal contribution to the wrestling business. <laughs> Without question. So happy birthday to thank three you. three of the most important people in my life. On behalf of Sasha and Becky, thank you. I I will graciously accept their birthday wishes as well. I try to keep on keeping on.